Welcome to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I'm Christopher Dedan, founder and CEO of Devian Enterprises, Inc. We are committed to optimize people's performance with tools such as peak performance speaking, coaching, and consulting programs for a worldwide international community. We believe that the only difference between where you are and where you want to be is acquiring the knowledge you need and consistently utilizing that knowledge to become a peak performing individual in every area of your life. Stick around until the end of the show where we will reveal how you can become the next guest on the fastest growing inspirational educational podcast on the planet in 20 to 30 minutes. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I am your host, Christopher Dedian. And today we have Matt Gerchow, who is the founder and CEO of agencyhub.com, which is a marketplace for agencies. Matt, how are you doing today? Doing great, Chris. How are you? I am blessed. Thank you for asking. I'm really happy to have you on the show in regards to everything that we're going to talk about with SEO, with the marketing world, with understanding how to stand out within the marketplace and what you do on a daily level. But before doing so, uh, I just gave a small introduction of who you are and what you do. Do you mind unpacking that a bit more for our viewers and listeners? Sure, no problem. So uh, we started as a content company back in 2010. We've been doing that for quite some time. We've had a lot of success with it. But around 2018, 2019, we saw the AI writers coming into play. And now even just a few days ago, we had uh, the GPT-4 release. And we saw that there was going to be a need for a pivot. It's okay to be a one-trick pony on the internet and really focus on it, but it better not be something that's going to be replaced or uh, automation is going to take a big part in. Uh, So we saw that we were going to need other products. We expanded into backlinks. And then that became just... It was okay, but it became kind of boring. I didn't want my life to be about backlinks. I wanted to do something more exciting. So that's where Agency Hub came from. And that gave us the ability to offer literally hundreds of products. And we do them in a unique way where we actually fulfill all the way to the end client for the agencies. So if that, hope that unpacks a little bit. So definitely, and what I saw within your journey when I was studying it is that you went to a lot of different levels and you kind of mentioned it in regards to uh, the the SEO world. Like I said, you said backlinks, you said uh, the content creation, and now you're creating a hub for agencies. How did that process happen for you in regards to kind of sure. unpacking that industry and ending up where you are right now? Yeah, let's, let's go way back. So we can go back to uh, maybe 2008, met my wife. I ended up living in Colombia. Uh, she became pregnant and we were waiting for our son. I was doing some affiliate marketing and I was building a company called MLS Gorilla, uh, which was a product that would download all the records. This is in the middle of the real estate fallout. So it would download all the records from the MLS and then you could send a PDF offer at whatever percentage of market. So if they're asking 100,000, you could send an offer at 40,000 and you're trying to decide or trying to uncover where the short sales are. Mm. I ended up selling that company and we took off to Thailand and, and lived over there. And I was doing affiliate marketing while we were there and growing that up. Um, but I just couldn't find content that would really represent what I wanted to do. I wanted to just go faster. I wanted someone to write it for us. We tried several companies, but we would get back what we called 50-50 content. It was either 50% you can fix it or 50% you had to throw it away. 
And so from there, we went forward. I built a company called Niche Builder uh, with a friend of mine, John, and we were able to then put affiliate sites out across the internet. And I turned that into a really, really healthy income, completely passive. And then my wife and son and I, we started traveling the world pretty much full time, uh, probably seven, eight months a year. Uh, we're positioned in different places. Um, you know, we lived in Thailand, we lived in Colombia, we lived in Mexico, uh, spent a lot of time in Europe and, and just kind of lived the, the internet wish list, if you would. Um, and then somewhere along the line, when we were doing Niche Builder, we had a client that was having really good success converting content, and we were still outsourcing content. And I was like, you know what, we have to build a company for this. And that was so. Maybe, uh, so we've been we've been reselling content since 2010. Around 2016, we started uh, steady content as we as we know it now, um, and growing that. And it's kind of that old saying where you, the cobbler's son has no shoes. Mm -hmm. I started losing interest in the affiliate marketing uh, just due to, you know, several Google algorithm updates, uh, YouTube channel issues, and all, all this normal stuff that affiliate marketers deal with and just saw, wow, I, I like this business of make a product, supply a product, go through it. The next month, it's the same. You, you, you have a business, right? And you have clients. And so that was how Steady Content got started. And then I just kind of told you the story of how that converted into Agency Hub. Okay. So there's a lot of things that you mentioned that I want to unpack. First of all, the traveling yeah. part of the world and going all that. We're going to talk about that in a second because there is a big move coming up for you, as you mentioned before, uh, starting the recording here. But I do want to highlight the aspect of the content creation aspect and kind of hone it into uh, some of our listeners and viewers are interested for sure on putting content out there, right? Right now in 2023, it is extremely important. We're not at all in the age of information anymore. We're in the age of attention. attention. And we're trying to stand out within the marketplace uh, with our competitors, with what's in our industry. So what's the best way with your experience that you could stand out in the marketplace when it comes to putting out content? You mentioned obviously videos from YouTube to uh, pictures to anything that you could think of. I, you know, the best I, yeah, I, I think video content is the best. Uh, we do a ton of text content, but I can track, you know, a quarter million dollars to one YouTube video. Uh, and I often kid with my wife, you know, what if we had just made videos? What if we just stuck to that? It, it uh, you know, life didn't lead me in that direction, but I see the, the everything kind of moving more towards video content. Uh, you saw what happened with TikTok overtaking Google as the number one visited site. I think it was over the summer. And a lot of that had to do with, you know, let's say you want to train your dog on something. Right. So if you type that into Google, in order to get ranked, somebody's going to have to put, you know, this 5,000 words of content and all these images and kind of make a, a how to video or not a how to video, but like if they want an actual text document to rank, it just has to have so much to it. Where on TikTok, and, and let me just back up one second. The, the challenge is, is that the next guy is going to do something very similar. And then there's SEO tools that, will tell you, okay, these two guys did it this way. You should do it a little bit like this, 
right? And eventually it just kind of becomes gray. It's like everything is similar and repetitive. But if you go on TikTok and you say how to train my dog to shake, there's people training their dogs to shake. And they, you know, one's got a peanut butter cookie. The next one's got actual peanut butter. And one's got a Great Dane. And the next one's got a Chihuahua and or Chihuahua. And, you know, they, it just varies so much. So they're getting a, a more rich experience out of it. So I would definitely say if, if someone's just starting out now, you, you have to be on video. So video is the way to go about it. And in regards to video, short-term, long-term, mid-term, take a long one and then dissect it into short-term. What would you, what would you suggest? All of the above. All of the above. Like what, what I'm working on right now is a custom avatar that mimics my face, voice, everything. And then I'll be able to put out literally hundreds of videos a week based on what's currently ranking. Uh, we'll just remake them and then put them out there. And then we'll take the ones that rank and then redo those as human. Okay. Wow. That is crazy. Let's just take a little step back with what you just said there. Cause I do want to unpack it. So you're saying there is a video that's going to take your face as AI. You create a custom avatar or what people would know is it's not really a deep fake. It's it's you're basically deep faking yourself. Okay. So you're creating a avatar or custom avatar. Deep Brain is one company that does it. Uh, Synthesia is another company that does it. I believe Deep Brains is a little more detailed. Uh, and then there's companies that do voice at different levels. Like if you wanted to do uh, PowerPoint videos and, and have a script behind it and they can do a really good voice. And then there's also pre-built avatars. And I, I see that as being kind of the, the next wave of AI that we're going to be playing with. So soon enough, we're going to be AI speaking to AI. The human you and me, right. Exactly. You and me will both be AI and programmed with all of ourselves. There's a really cool video out there. If you can find it, I'll, maybe we can put it um, in the links. It's a, a video of, of a, a man who created an avatar of himself. He knew he was terminally ill and it's him talking to his wife and you wouldn't think it, but man, it, it just such a tearjerker. I mean, it's, it's literally him talking to his wife. It's so, well, not literally, but virtually. And, and it's yeah. so interesting. Yeah, it's becoming very interesting, especially with the chat GPT taking over the world in regards to the writing content side of things. And now if we're able to do something correlated to that with the video content, and then from there, you're able to look at it and be like, hey, this one is ranking. Then you remake it, I guess, with a bit more of a human touch, which at a certain point, the human touch will never be uh, uh, replaced. My, my belief. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my wish on that. I don't that think end. it will be. Yeah, 100%. So in regards to if we go to down the uh, still the the content aspect, I did read in some of your uh, notes over here that you believe not all content is equal. What do you mean by that? What do you mean? Let's unpack that. Are uh, you talking about SEO content, or are you talking yes, about yes SEO, or even in general? But let's start. Let's start with SEO. Okay, so well, if we look at SEO, there's products like Surfer SEO that'll analyze the top. 100 or top 30 search results, and then tell you algorithmically how many times you should use a keyword, how many times you should, uh, how many paragraphs you should have, what the title should look like, et cetera. And we've had exceptional results uh, writing content based on that as far as ranking. Um, and then there's other things you can do, like you can create content. People, a lot of people don't know this. You can create content like, like for Google Maps listings. It only displays for three weeks, but it really helps those rank. 
And then there's an API where you can post directly to it. Uh, posting socially, uh, posting to LinkedIn as often as possible, posting to your Facebook page as often as possible. So one of the things we do, one of the services we offer is uh, post five days a week across uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And they're not groundbreaking posts, but when you say content's not all created equally, some people just don't put out any content. So there's that to, you know, to contingent with as well, is that if you do have something going out, it's better than nothing, but then you want to go deeper. Like I would say right now, LinkedIn is a channel that we're focusing on and I'll be posting more and more there. Very interesting. So essentially, obviously looking at it as the consistency, not necessarily trying to make the groundbreaking content every single time, dabbling those groundbreaking ones as much as possible within the, the structure of your weekly uh, structure of a posting and beyond. Uh, now, in regards to when it comes to traditional ads compared to content marketing ads, what would you speak to that? Is traditional ads like certain things coming back on that end? Like, uh, obviously not newspaper, but even that there's some values or, or, or whatever the case is, what would you speak to that aspect when it comes to one against the other? Sure. So I think what you're asking me is the difference between uh, native ads and inbound marketing, like content uh, SEO driven traffic, right? So traffic that comes from Google ads versus traffic that comes from someone seeing you in the SERP results and then clicking on your uh, page. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Okay. So yeah, so you definitely get forced to the top when you buy ads. Um, but you pay for that. You pay for every single click and you don't have any, uh, the words slip in my mind right now, but, but you're not gaining over time, mm. right? So whenever that spigot turns off, there's no more traffic. When you create content, it takes longer to rank if it ever does right? It's, there's no guarantee to it. And with the next algorithm, you could get taken out. So as someone who's been through like four or five major Google uh, upsets, and then having to kind of retool and come back, sometimes it's just easier to do ads. Uh, sometimes it's easier to create content, right? It really depends on the competitiveness of your niche, how much that niche gets affected every time Google does an update. I was looking at uh, doing some business with my landscaper yesterday here in Round Rock, and I did a scan for uh, for the lawn care in my area, and it came up as a two, and there's 700 searches a month, and there's nobody competing for it. The, the, the company that had the most, well, had nine backlinks. And I was just amazed at like, you know, you think about the world we live in with all this tech stuff, they, the average photographer trying to get business online has 3,300 backlinks, right? Wow. So just shows you how simplified things could be com competitive wise. I have a friend who does uh, locksmith and a couple other and garage door repair and super low competitiveness. And he's able to dominate in those niches. And I was just talking to my wife saying, you know, maybe we should maybe we should partner with these landscapers and look for kind of these easy niches where we can just dominate and drive the leads. Um, it's interesting stuff, man. It so is. I, so I don't know if I answered the question, but really it's, it's uh, content is an investment for the long term. Paid traffic is, is an investment for the short term. 
So I love the fact that you have that ideology and you're able to see certain um, lacks in the marketplace with your expertise and be like, hey, let's go into this because this particular company has only nine backlinks and there's no competition. And you know, instantly once you kind of modify that, they're going to have so much more reach and be able to get so much clients. It's interesting the way that you kind of go about that. Uh, Matt, I, I want to kind of push this to a conversation towards the traveling aspect as an entrepreneur. Sure. You mentioned that you've been a bit everywhere, almost like you said, full-time traveling with your family. And I do know that there's a big one coming up for you. Before going into all of that, what are some of the values that you see as an entrepreneur to travel? Because there's a lot of people that are entrepreneurs and almost fear it because they don't want to leave their business. They feel like they're going to leave some opportunities on the table, some money on the table, X, Y, and Z. And they're in that hustle culture and air quotes over here. What do you speak to that? So if I could share something, I'm going to... I have a new business checklist that I go through whenever I'm looking at uh, a business to buy or something to get involved in. And the ability to run it from everywhere is like right up there at the top for me. It's just super important. Um, In 2007, I read the four hour work week. I didn't know that you weren't supposed to take that literally and literally and, and within like six weeks, I think I was living in Columbia. I just, uh, I just understood it. It was like our banking systems had just gotten to the point where they're on the cell phone and uh, I was falling through kind of the fallout of the real estate niche uh, down in Miami. And I was like, I need to get out of the country. And just, it was just awesome. It just made sense. And I was able to run my, uh, my business in real estate investing actually from Columbia. Um, But some of the things that I look at you, you mentioned like the principles. So uh, I'll just read this list real quick. And so you get paid in advance for your services. I think this is such a big one that's overlooked uh, by so many companies. And I see so many people go out of business because of this, because while you, you may think that this company that you're working with is so great, you might go to collect your money from them and then they go out of business. Yeah. So it's like, you've, you've done all the work you put all your labor in and then you don't have any money. So even our largest clients pay us in advance and it's just the structure that we have. And I, I keep a, uh, a list of companies, you know, take people say, Oh, no one, no one does business like that. I say, how about insurance? Do you pay them first or do you pay them after you have an accident? You pay them first. Right. Uh, and I have a list of, of different businesses that I'll send to people when they say, no one does business like that, right? And it's just a it's just a belief of mine that if you get the money in advance, you can build your business. If you're always kind of chasing dollars and chasing accounts to try and get your money, and then they can kind of work you down on what they owe you. You know, they can negotiate with you uh, after the fact. Um, so I think that a business should be able to be explained in thirty seconds or less. The market's already searching for it. There's a wave, meaning the cool kids are already using it. There's a wave on the horizon. Uh, People are already converting with something similar. Uh, A couple of my rules, I I wouldn't say I'm so much at this point now, but it takes less than 50K to start it up. Uh, It takes less than six months to see cash flow. Uh, this This is a big one, though. Cash flow comes in every single day, not in just big lumps. So you want to see, you know, you want the you want the tilde ring every day versus just once or twice a month. That that can cause like emotional stress. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes, um, that, that makes sense. And you could see that on uh, on if if you were traveling, that would be a big deal as well. Um, and then the last one here that I'll just mention, there's a few more, but I would say it's it affordable to get in front of the client. Um, you know, can you can you buy traffic? Uh, is there is it cheaply? Is it cheap to get it in front of the client? And so principles on travel, uh, you have to be willing to spend the money. It's, you know, it costs money. Uh, the cost of travel is largely in the plane tickets and the moving between places. Once you're settled somewhere, uh, especially if you start out, I would say start out in the third world and then work your way towards Europe and towards uh, you know, we started out in Thailand and, or Colombia and Thailand, and now we're in the process of moving to Spain, to Barcelona. So start cheaper. And I would also say this, another principle, I would say start in your same time zone. So mm. uh, one of the ones Tim Ferriss mentioned was Argentina. And I was on my way to Argentina when I met my wife, when I met my wife and uh, ended up going to Colombia instead. Um, but having that same time zone, when we went to Thailand, we were 13 hours difference from where I had been in Miami. And it was just like, you're off, you're off the grid. You're, you're completely on a different, uh, you know, everything's turned upside down there. So that's interesting. The time zone thing is really interesting because you don't necessarily think about it, but you're right. If you've cultivated something in a specific niche or area or city or country, and then you're moving to a significant different time zone, like six, seven, eight hours plus, 12 hours plus, you're completely upside down. So that reality that you created, there isn't that connection anymore. So I guess dabbling into it with the same time zone is very interesting and kind of unpacking that. Now, one thing I truly love about being an entrepreneur and traveling the world is when you go other places, you see different perspective, you see different opportunities, and you see opportunities differently as well than the locals because you're coming with fresh perspective. And you have this ideology of not only finding opportunities, but finding solutions to the problems that you potentially had because it's a complete different reset and energy. That's what I truly love about traveling as an entrepreneur and having that flexibility. Now, why are you deciding to go to Barcelona? Is it because you love the city? Is it because there's something specifically within the business aspect that you want to develop over there? What's that idea like? Uh, so I had my 50th birthday in October. And we've been here in, in Austin now for eight years. Our son is graduating the eighth grade. He's going to be switching schools anyway. It's just a great time that if we are going to head back out into the world, that now is a great time to do it. Uh, we spent the last five summers, except for one because of COVID, in Europe. And we would just like to expand on that and uh, spend the next one to four years traveling and, and seeing more of Europe and then... Uh, being able to uh, scoot into Russia and some other places as well, Ukraine, et cetera. That is beautiful. Honestly, I have two more questions because we could talk about traveling until tomorrow morning, but I have to 100% highlight sure. uh, for our listeners. Uh, Matt has an amazing uh, library behind him with a bunch of books. And as our listeners know, I am a huge fan of books as well. I read about a book a week. So I have to ask you, what are some of That's the great. most impactful books that you have read that have kind of changed your life? Uh, well, something recent would be, um, uh, the road less stupid. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, the next five moves by Patrick bet David, that's a recent one. 
um, all the uh, sales and marketing books are kind of over there with Mazinga. And uh, then there's some, a lot of these behind me are like Harvard books, Yale books, um, Ferrari books, and uh, various, uh, I don't know, they're just, uh, just different books I've picked up over the years. I love that. I love the fact that you have that growth mindset in regards to reading books. And yeah, a couple of books that you mentioned are great. Uh, definitely have the five, the five next move by Patrick McDavid on my uh, read list. So I'm really excited to dive into that as uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, the work that he does. I'm reading, uh, I'm reading the uh, Almanac of, uh, of Naval Rachtenbeck right now. I've, I've heard of that. I think he was interviewed on uh, Rogan. I've heard, I've heard of him. Really good. Yeah, he said good. something that, that recently that stuck with me. He said that uh, history only remembers the arts. Okay. Yeah, That's something to think about. Yeah, something and to think about. Like, if, you, if you think back about like Rome, Rome's one of my favorite cities, right? And, uh, you know, I'm sure there were great marketers and, and uh, bankers and everything that made that city go. But what do we have left? We have the art, the architecture, the sculpture. And that's, you know, that's about it. Artistry last. That's interesting. I've never, I've never seen it like that. But you're absolutely right in anything. And, in and, and Naval's not an artist either, right? But it's just interesting that he says that. Now, art is kind of stressed as well. You know, books, knowledge, methodologies, philosophy is in art as well, in my opinion, because we could talk yeah, about, absolutely. you know, Stoic philosophy and all that stuff, which is kind of cool for us because we're in that genre. But I do understand what you're saying. It really is interesting. Matt, I have one more question, actually two more questions. Sure. Uh, I truly believe as entrepreneurs, we learn the most from our failures, but we don't necessarily just need to learn from our failures. We can learn from other people's failures and difficulties. So my question to you is, in your business, what is something right now that you want to optimize, you're having a hard time with, or maybe you're fail failing in air quotes, and how are you going about to fix that solution? Mm, that's a great question um optimizing for something that we're failing at currently so i would say right now we're implementing this three-way chat system and we're finding it to be more of a task than we thought it was uh essentially what we're doing is when a agency purchases a product from us they're able to invite their client to a to a anonymous chat room and then from that chat room we service that client directly, but as the agency. Mm. And so what are we doing on that? It's just every, instead of doing like one meeting a week on it, we've been doing a meeting every single day just to push the ball forward. And, uh, you know, I, I think sometimes when you've got to get things done, it's okay to be on it from 5.30 a.m. till 10.30 p.m. Uh, for a short sprint, you know, maybe two, three weeks. And then, which I'm in the middle of right now, and then uh, and then take a break again um, for the next, you know, I think that if I could digress from that or, or divest from that a little bit, I think that I've always worked towards kind of having the passive income where it's okay to work. Uh, you know, I think there's this, this uh, kind of attitude that we want to automate all our income and sit on a beach, you know, have the laptop lifestyle and uh, it's okay to work. It's okay to get serious and, and really work and, and not, uh, you know, pretend that everything's easy. 
I love what you just mentioned there. I want to highlight a couple of things here is essentially understanding as entrepreneurs, when the task comes in, where does it go within the quadrant? And I've mentioned this several times before, you know, Eisenhower's uh, uh, quadrant and understanding that there is important urgent. And if there's a task that comes in important urgent, maybe that should be your priority for X amount of time. And kind of like you said, leveraging it instead of doing it once a week yeah. meeting, let's wait every single day to really find the solution to that problem get it done in an intense way and then move on because you've already structured and go back to that normal flow. So that ebb and flow of understanding where you need to put a bit of pressure and understanding the moments to take breaks and kind of put the, a pedal to the metal. It's kind of as well, that analogy, if you have a beautiful sports car and you're only putting that in six gear and driving it always in six gear, First of all, you're going to destroy the car. Second of all, it's not going to be pleasurable. You do want to bring it to five, right. four, bring it one up, down, and that's the pleasure in life. So you need those moments of high intensity, but then you need those moments of taking a time back to understand the dichotomy within every level. So Matt, thank you for highlighting that. My last question to you. Throw, let me throw one other thing in on Go that. So every Sunday or early Monday morning, I sit down and I write out three things that I have to get done that week. And then two additionals that are like, if those three are done, then I'll work on those. But I think it's important mostly to do it on Sunday because mm -hmm. you're like, you're kind of relaxed and away from it a little bit. And it's like, what are the three things that if I got done this week, I would consider it a, a week well-lived, right? And so if you just do that, then at the end of the week, so you might knock them all out on Monday, but it wasn't until you actually knew what you had to do because it's so easy to get, you know, like with this chat GPT thing, we had a major client issue yesterday and we had to go all hands and everything went sideways, but then I'm right back today to uh, what are those three things and getting those three things out. I love it. I love that. And that is a great, great, great uh, uh, approach because doing everything on your Sunday, do exactly the same thing. Look at well, how was my previous week? What did I do? What can I improve on? What are the top three goals that I have for the week? And then I do the exact same exercise, Matt. I don't know if you do this on a daily basis. What are my top three goals within a day? And like you said, sometimes I finish it before noon. And sometimes it happens at your end of the day and you're like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't finish my three and it rolls over. So always putting those small little challenges. I used to do it that way. I used to, that's the plan tomorrow, today method. And I used to do that. And then I was like, let's just get the three, the three for the week. Let's and go. then we'll, we can sit again and do it if we get those three done. Cause usually they're pretty big. Yeah. And then from there you go somewhere else. Yeah. So Matt, after uh, having this great conversation, people are listening and viewing and they're like, hey, this is really interesting. I potentially have an agency that I want to work with you or I have some needs with SEO world. Where's the best place that our uh, listeners and viewers could get in touch with you? Uh, Matt at agencyhub.com or just go to agencyhub.com directly. Dude. Beautiful. Everything you mentioned will be in the show notes below. Matt, once again, it was such a pleasure having you on the show and having this amazing conversation. Awesome, Chris. Thanks so much. Christopher Dedian here. Thank you so much for listening to the Peak Performance Fitness Show. If you're a successful entrepreneur or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot of your phone, text it to a friend, or post it on the socials. If you know somebody that could be a great guest, please tag them on social media to let them know about this program. And don't forget to include the hashtag Peak Performance Greatness. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We regularly put out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Your thumbs up, rating, and review go a long way to help us promote this show, and it would mean a lot to me as well as my team. 
You want to know more? Go ahead and visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or my YouTube channel at Christopher Didier. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Have a blessed and grateful day.